This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Before we get started with this week's episode, I just wanted to let you know that the doors of my product creation courses will be opening again in February. So to be two options for the course this year, there's going to be the purely online version where you get access to all of the course materials and videos and sheets to help you with your product creation there's also going to be um, a version with sort of some enhanced support where you will get um, a weekly zoom call with me as well to take you through the content and answer any questions you have etc so both of the courses take you through the entire product creation process right from coming up with your initial product idea to having it ready to launch so if you're looking to launch a product in 2021 um, I think this is definitely the way to do it um, it will save you a lot of time it'll save you a lot of money and of course I'll be here to help you along the way so if you'd like any more information on either of the courses just go to vickyweinberg.com and you'll find everything you need there um, on with the show Hi and welcome to today's episode. So today our guest is Shona Chambers. Shona is a freelance marketing consultant with a career spanning over 20 years working with both large and small companies. Shona helps small business owners create marketing that sells their products and services. So today is going to be all about Shona's best advice on how to launch and market your physical products once you have it ready for set to sell. It's going to be a really valuable episode. As always, I hope you enjoy it and I'd love to introduce you to Shona. Well, hi Shona, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. So could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Shona Chambers. I'm a marketing consultant. Um, I normally work with small businesses, but in the past I have uh, also worked quite a lot with um, big corporations as well. Um, and I live in South East London. Um, and I recently wrote a book, 100 Marketing Tips for Small Business Owners as well. Fantastic. Thank you. And we will definitely talk about your book a bit later because I would love to um, to dig into that a little bit more. So I've invited you here today, as you know, to talk about how to launch and promote your physical product. Um, as you know, um, this podcast is aimed at people just getting started in product creation. And obviously, once you've got your product ready and um, ready to sell, you need to start talking about it and sharing it and sort of getting some attention for it and um, so I would love to know some ideas you have around that and in fact um, I think that your advice is probably to start even before your product's ready is that right? Yes definitely I think it's um, it's so important to start building 
uh, rapport with the audience that you hope is going to buy your product. Um, so uh, finding out the best places for that um, audience on the internet that you can start to build a presence for and um, start to deliver content that is actually valuable to that audience as well, which means that they'll be looking forward to receiving something further from you as well. Um, yeah, you can't really start that process too far in advance. I mean, even six months ahead would give you a really good run up to actually um, building an audience who are excited to hear from you when you're ready to actually bring your product to market. Thank you. So we've, we've done um, some episodes before about customer market research, so we won't go into too much detail on that now because um, people can go back and listen to those. So is this about finding out where your potential customers would be in terms of what sort of channels and then creating content that meets their interests? Yes, absolutely. So, um, I mean, once you know who your audience is and who you're trying to reach, um, you know, the best thing that you can do is to start to look for them, for communities of people online. Uh, so there's so many great communities already out there that you can become part of and um, build a kind of trust relationship with people um, so that when it comes time to you actually bringing out the product that you have for them, um, they already know you as a voice of um, authority. So, um, you know, it, it's about looking at whether it's Facebook. Facebook is a great place um, for small businesses to start to look for community, depending on what your product is, um, particularly if it's something to do with parenting. There's some really strong communities on Facebook for that, um, which I can mention by name or, or not, depending on you know, um, preference, but um, I think it's it's kind of paying attention to the days where you're allowed to promote yourself in those groups, because not all the days uh, the, the hosts like you to do that. Um, you can kind of make yourself almost a timetable of which days that you're allowed to mention your, yourself and introduce yourself um, in a group, uh, and then just making sure that you're visible there. And not only trying to promote yourself, but trying to helpfully respond to people's questions as well. So often people will post in groups um, things that are relevant to you and you can start to respond to them just as a human being interested in giving useful, helpful advice um, to people. And, and that starts to build that trusted relationship. And then gradually, uh, as you start to think about launching, you've got an organic audience, which is you know, not to be sniffed at these days. It's quite hard, um, you know, social media is costing us more and more money. So the more that you can do to grow an organic base, the better. Um, and I'm talking a lot about Facebook there, but I mean, it could be that LinkedIn is a better place for you to build a community, um, you know, or, or other tools online. Uh, it's all about thinking about your audience and thinking about where they naturally would be. So when we're talking about things like Facebook groups, would you be joining communities for small business owners um, or would you be looking at communities for your customers or, or both? Um, I think there's a degree of both, to be honest. Um, you know, there's there's uh, you can never have too many supporters. And obviously, as a small business owner, you need to be supported yourself. Um, but in terms of growing awareness of you as a person, you know, there's nothing to stop you joining in with Facebook groups that have a purpose that are aligned to your business 
and just being there, particularly if you are, uh, for example, if you're a parent and you're you're launching a parenting product of some kind, whether it's clothing um, or you know skincare or anything like that, you know there's no reason that you can't also join in as a parent, but you're there for um, you know the rest of the the audience as well. That makes sense because I guess that it's quite. I think it's good when you're launching a product, especially if, as you know, a small business or most of us are just doing it on our own. It's good for people to see that there's a person behind the product as well. I suppose that Definitely. makes it a lot more personal. And so, how far in advance would you be telling people about your product? I mean, would you, would you be telling people that you had a product coming, or and what sort of things would you be saying before the product's actually available? So um, I think, you know, if you're looking to, to leverage your personal brand as well, we all have a personal brand. We all have our personality, the things that we're interested in and our beliefs. So, you know, there's, if, if you, um, you know, you're not quite sure exactly what your product's going to be, even maybe you've got a general idea, but you're not quite ready to launch. There's nothing to stop you um, joining in with groups and just, you know, starting to connect with people on a natural level. Um, and, you know, I think if you are particularly committed in a certain direction, that will come across. So if you are someone who's eco-conscious, then it makes sense for you to be joining in with conversations about that. And in fact, it makes you seem more authentic as somebody who is interested in bringing a product to market within that, that sector. So um, I think it's, ne you know, it's, you're never too early to really start engaging uh, with the audiences that will eventually become your customers even if you're not quite sure what it is that you're going to bring them eventually yeah thank you because I think that something that could be quite hard is that if you you know you've joined some groups perhaps and you're starting to build up trust is and something I think people shy away from myself included is suddenly switching the conversation to saying hey I've got a product coming out in a few weeks that can feel um a bit icky do you know what I mean a bit salesy so how would you suggest yeah. you can go about sharing your product without feeling like you're doing a, a sales pitch um I suppose it's about looking for the the natural um the natural benefits that you're bringing to people with your product so you know you're not trying to sell them on the actual thing but you're trying to sell them on the experience that you're going to offer them um you know if you've got a problem and you need to solve it, you will be grateful to hear about solutions. Um, you know, I've worked with people in the past year who uh, they've launched clothing lines for children with eczema problems, um, you know, and, and they've said that the, the, the kind of community that they've generated around them has been amazing because people generally find that um, products in that area can be really expensive so having an offering that's mid-range people were interested to hear about it so you know I think it is about bringing your story across um, why are you doing the thing that you're doing why do you care um, and I think it helps when people can see why you're aligned with the product that you're trying to launch. Thank you. So as well as joining in Facebook groups and, and perhaps other groups and other channels, would you also recommend getting your own social media set up? So social media profiles for your, your business and your product? Yes, as soon as possible, because it takes time to build audience. And, um, you know, you might find that, you know, 
you want people to be listening when you've got something to say to them. So I think even if you set up your social medias, deciding which ones that you're going to prioritize, um, then, you know, you can put time into engagement. So that's going out and finding people who will be interested in, you know, what you've got to offer when the time comes for the launch. Um, but it doesn't always have to be uh, about building sales audience. You're just looking to build up people who are interested in the, the topics that you're talking about um, and going off to chat to them on their profiles as well. That helps you to build visibility. Uh, so, yeah, it's almost like you've got a few jobs to do there of um, deciding where you want to be, especially for a new business owner. I wouldn't recommend trying to be everywhere because you've got to maintain those channels. So it's sort of thinking about um, as a commitment on top of everything else that you've got to do, how many things can you do well? So um, what kind of content do you enjoy sharing? If you're somebody that likes to do a lot of video and a lot of stories, then it might be that Instagram is a great place to be. Uh, if you prefer talking to a smaller audience, you might want to set up a Facebook group and start to do a few lives in there and, you know, maybe bring in other people that you think would be interesting to your audience too. Um, and it's just trying to make sure that the profiles that you do establish feel natural and authentic um, to the, the product that's coming and to the audience who will be receiving that information. Thank you. So yeah, a few follow-up questions. So in terms of social media channels, especially when you're just getting started, so you have maybe maybe your product's available, maybe it's coming, would you recommend you just use one channel to get started or try and, well, I'm, I'm guessing what you said, you wouldn't try and be everywhere, but is there like an optimum number of channels? As in, is it better to do two really well than to do five half-heartedly? Well, is there a sort of a sweet spot for how many you think you should be on? Um, well, uh, if I can sort of turn it around a little bit, social media is great, but I always recommend that my clients invest more time in their own owned channels, which is things like websites and email lists. So um, I think social media is brilliant and you should totally invest in it, but you want to almost think to yourself, right, I want to, I want to be gathering email addresses from people that would be interested to hear from me about my product and so I want to be building up traffic to a website that I'll eventually be hoping to sell my product from so you want to think about what content that you can kind of create that you can share onto your website uh, maybe into your emails and your blogs that you're going to send out that way and you want to maybe think about using your social media as channels to drive people back to your own owned platforms so in that way, I would think maybe starting off with uh, Facebook is quite good for, for sort of traffic to somewhere else. And Instagram is getting better, but it has got some drawbacks. I'm sure people already know, um, you know, you can't easily send people to a link in Instagram. Um, you can have one in your bio, but if you're doing a lot of stories, you can't help people to directly click out to a link until they get to a certain amount of followers, which is currently 10,000 followers, which uh, is one of the reasons a lot of people have that number in their head as being the optimum to try and reach quite quickly, uh, you know, which isn't, I don't think is necessarily a goal to um, chase. So, so what I'm sort of saying there in a long way is, you know, I would start off with a couple of places that you can use to build an audience to drive them somewhere else. That's kind of the holy grail, I think, for marketing. 
Thank you. And I do want to talk about both email lists and sort of content on your own website in a moment. But um, so one more question on social media is so what sort of content do you recommend sharing um, initially? Because I think it, it can be tempting, I imagine, if you've just launched a product or you've got your products on the way to just talk about that non-stop. But obviously that isn't going to engage people. That's not necessarily going to interest people. You know, the odd post might. Um, but presumably you, you need to be sharing other content as well. What kind of things would you recommend? Anything that your audience is interested in. And, you know, if you're talking about Instagram, um, you've got around, you want to plan things for about nine squares at a time because generally people won't scroll back for miles and miles unless they absolutely love what you're talking about in all your posts. So it's almost like you want to have a rolling bank of content and topics that you regularly um, talk about pay attention to what your audience responds to so um, you know you can use your metrics to check which posts are resonating with people and which aren't um, but I would say you want to have um, posts about yourself um, you know you can do posts about uh, 10 facts about me that kind of thing people love those so you're kind of giving a bit more background to yourself as a person um, and then you might, might want to talk about topics that you care about. So it could be that you post about, um, you know, eco-friendly topics. So things that are going on in the world, if that relates to your product, which I think increasingly it does, because we're all trying to, you know, make a difference to the world. Um, you know, content that's interesting in a way. Could you connect your audience to each other? Is that something they're interested in? So community based posts. Um, you know a lot of people do those so it could be once a week you say um, oh okay I'm going to try and connect you today so uh, here's the topic you know you can chat to each other in the comments you know which is great for your posts as well um, just have a good idea about the things that other people care about and are interested in because social media is no different than real life you wouldn't go to a party and only talk about yourself you try and find out more about the other person you try and bring lots of topics in and see what interests them and at what point you start to lose them so um, that's the same job that you have on social media basically to show all of you and uh, project a rounded character thank you and um, I'm assuming but I, I think it's, I probably shouldn't assume I should ask you that is it okay to share other people's content assuming it's relevant to your audience rather than creating everything from scratch so can you curate content that you believe would be relevant rather than sort of right you know you know creating everything from scratch every time absolutely I think a lot of people do that as well especially when uh, there's particular weeks and themes on Instagram um, and other places but you know there's just been world mental health day so a lot of people have been sharing content from other people that's been particularly um, important for that topic. I think, you know, it's, it's I've, I've heard people before talk about trying to make your social media a bit like a magazine and a magazine is varied. So you wouldn't necessarily have the same topic on every page in a magazine. Um, and in the same way, it's fine to have interviews with other people. Uh, put a spotlight on others it's all about building community really and, and part of that is helping other people thank you and I'm glad that you said that because that's certainly something I've taken on my own um social media profile for tiny chipmunk for my brand particularly on Facebook I found actually the articles and things that get the most engagement are generally ones about 
things like popular baby names or um, what does it mean if you're born in October and basically interesting articles that I found around the web that might appeal to a new mum and those tend to be the ones that that do the best particularly baby names I'm not sure why that is um so yeah I'm glad you said that that's okay as a strategy I wasn't sure if that was um being lazy or not so good to have that from you thank you and in terms of content that you do create yourself so you mentioned trying to get people over to your website so how important is it to have your own blog or news section if you have a website of your own which obviously you should have a website of your own um so blogging uh blogging is one of those things that it had uh, it had a, a real moment you know a few years ago and I think a lot of people then migrated from it onto social media as a whole. But we're starting to see, you know, um, you know some of the, well, the bigger influencers out there. Um, I mean, obviously, podcasting is now very popular because um, voice marketing is really important. Um, and likewise, you know, people are going back to sharing in other places than social media. So uh, I think... Blogging works on so many different levels. Obviously, it gives you something to share. Uh, it's a long form. Um, it's a long form media medium. So, you know, you might be writing, you know, eight eight hundred words or so on a topic, uh, but you can then kind of pick the bones of that for your social media as well. So you can pull out quotes, you can pull out um, statistics, and you can turn those into posts for your social media. Um, so in itself, writing a, a long piece of content, you know, uh, ideally a few times a month, A, it's great for your website because websites, Google loves new information. So the more changes you make to a website, the better. Um, and it, it gives your, it, it gives you a chance to um, pop up on different parts of Google as well, because if you're talking about your topic, and one of your blogs does particularly well, then that will start to be suggested to people in search results as well, um, as well as your own general website being suggested. So it's kind of like having lots of little uh, bites at the cherry to get people's attention um, and have them coming back to your website. So yeah, I think they are still really important. Thank you. And yeah, the reason that I asked, um about that is because I feel that I know that getting people onto your own website is really important even if you sell your products somewhere else so for example when I launched I launched on Amazon and my own website and um, I still sell on Amazon today and I'm still make sales there every day but obviously getting people to your own website is the key because then as you mentioned earlier you get their email address you can start building up your own list which you don't have if you sell somewhere else um, no. but it's always a challenge particularly if you're selling your products somewhere other than your website which many of us are it is mm. always a challenge to get people to your own website um, because often people will just go to Amazon or Etsy when they're looking to purchase something. So what are some things we can do to get people to come over onto our website and hopefully sign up for our email lists? Um, I mean, well, one thing, I would have a link to your email sign up everywhere. So anywhere that you are on the web, have a, have a link. So for example, on Instagram and Twitter, you can have Linktree. So it's a free tool and then that clicks off to somewhere else um, and you can have as many links as you like in there. So that's one way. So you can drive people not only to your website, but to your email sign up from those links. 
Um, I think including a link to your um, email sign up on blogs as well is a great thing to do because that way you've got an engaged audience who've really enjoyed reading and, you know, then they may well sign up to your email list as well from that point. So it's giving people lots of opportunities to, um, you know, to sign up wherever you are doing your kind of social media thing day in, day out. You know, you've got to make sure you optimise your profiles as well so that that works uh, the best that it can for you. Thank you. And how do we encourage people to sign up for our email lists? Um, because I guess the people who need to know what, you know, what it is they're going to get, what, you know, why, because I don't know about you, Shona, but I'm on so many email lists and I forget I've signed up and I get emails and I unsubscribe because I don't know why I was on there in the first place. Um, and I guess all of us have really busy inboxes. So what can we do to encourage people to actually want to give us their email addresses? Um, so I would say you want to build a consistent schedule of emailing. So you need to tell people when they're going to get an email from you. So I write that every Friday and I tell people that all the time on all my posts, you know, uh, if you like my tips, sign up and you're going to get an email every Friday from me with tips and articles. Uh, and then, you know, unless there's a fire or something, I stick to that, you know, they get an email from me on a Friday. So that helps to build that um, trust that when I pop up in their inbox, they're not surprised. Um, and I do have an above average um, delivery rate on my emails and all the rest of it. So I think you can help yourself uh, by doing that. So the other thing to mention is your call to action on all your marketing materials. So you have to tell people what you want them to do. Um, it's no good just putting content that looks nice um, or is educational or anything. You need to tell people what they should do as a result of the information you've given them. And if you want them to sign up to your email list, you need to tell them that. So um, never put anything on the Internet without a clear call to action. Um, and it works. You know, people people are busy. People are bombarded. And I think uh, making it as easy as possible um, to just get them to do that next step is, is really the, you know, the thing that works. Thank you. And I'm guessing what people might be thinking is that for a product business you might not necessarily be creating a lot of content or wanting to create a lot of content to send out in emails is there anything else we can do to incentivize people to give us their email addresses i mean i'm thinking one is that if your product isn't launched you might want people to get on an email get people on an email list by saying i don't know there'll be a special launch price or you'll find out my products ready or something like that I'm thinking before your product's out that might be a good strategy to be able to say okay if you get on my email list now you'll be the first to hear when this product's ready um you'll get 10% off the price or whatever but beyond that when we've had we've got our product it's ready for sale um how can we encourage people at that point to get onto our lists in the first place particularly if we don't want to necessarily blog every week or or create a lot of original email content yeah, so I guess it's doing things like this today. I mean, um, if you've got a product coming out, then you want to be um, getting getting in front of the right audience. So uh, you should be thinking about uh, who has podcasts or um, who's doing Facebook Lives that you can maybe do a shared Facebook Live with somebody else that's relevant. Um, if you've got your channels ready, then you could be doing the same thing. So you could kind of build it into a discussion so you could be talking about, um, you know, your products and, and 
what it's going to be like and the sizes and the benefits and then at the end of it and please sign up to the email uh to to sort of get more information from me um as soon as it's ready so it's kind of looking for as many places as possible that don't have to be your your own kind of social media posts um to sort of have a chance to to say that to people that they can sign up to your um social your email list thank you a few things that i've done as well um for my email list and i'll be interested whether you think these are any good or not is um when people buy a product from me they have a little card inside the actual product packaging which says sign up to my email list to get 10% off your next order um which has, has done okay and I also have because my first product I launched was some bamboo swaddles so I also have a free guide on seven ways to swaddle which if you sign up to my email list you'll get that email to you um that's probably the biggest driver of people to my list actually more so than the 10% they seem to really want that free guide so I'd be interested is that a good a, approach obviously it took a little bit of work to pull that together um but now obviously as long as I promote the link which I'll be really honest I keep forgetting to do um it does sort of bring consistently bring people in is is that a good tactic or is there anything else I could I and everyone else could or should be doing I think having a lead magnet which is what you're talking about is a great idea um it's identifying things that are important for your customers so you can actually do that by jumping onto Google and looking up um, topics around your product and looking at what other people are searching for right now and using that to base, uh, to create um, content for your customers. So, you know, um, you might find that people are looking up, how do I get my baby to sleep, you know? So if you produce content back for them, that's around that topic, then they're naturally going to want it. So you can use um, Google just to find out the, the topics that people are interested in and then use that to, to create something. So I would always check in with, with the, the popular search terms for your audience before you um, create a piece of content. Thank you. And that's actually um, what I did originally, which was a very long time ago now. Um, I looked up and apparently the top question around swaddling, at least five years ago, was how do I swaddle my baby? So I put together this guide on a few different ways to do that. And um, I don't know whether as many people are searching for that for that now. But um, yeah, certainly then it was something people were looking for. And it was and it's related to my products as well. Um, I've since created some other products where that might not be as relevant, but for my business overall, it is. So I guess people, you know, if you sold, um, trying to think of an example, and I suppose if you sold skincare, you could have a lead magnet on, I don't know, taking care of your top tips for glowing skin or something, or um, yeah, obviously that needs a little bit more thought, but I guess is that what you're saying that your lead magnet has to relate to a challenge your customer might have? And yeah. would, would ideally your product solve the problem they've got or does it not have to be as specific as, as that? It just needs to have some sort of relevance. I think you're looking for ways that you can be directly relevant to your customer. So uh, if it was a skincare product, it could be something like, um, you know, eco-friendly ways to look after your baby's skin people you're always going to get an audience for that because there will always be parents that care about that kind of thing um you know it's yes I think you are trying to build a link back to you um so anything that is yeah appealing and directly relevant to your audience that you can offer uh, would be a great lead magnet great thank you because I guess if if 
often I think people might sign up for the lead magnet after buying your product but I guess it can also work the other way that if you have a great lead magnet it might encourage them to buy your product oh definitely yeah I mean once you've got them on your email list that's a great place to have somebody from a marketing point of view um I think one of the one of the points about marketing these days is that it's not about tricking people. You're not trying to trick people into doing anything. You're trying to help them because you're marketing to the right people. So you need to be very clear on who your audience is and why you are for them. So all you're doing through marketing is trying to help them find you and stay with you because you always have in your mind that you're trying to help that customer. So, um, you know, your emails should be full of value. You know, you do not want to be selling out emails that are just about selling. Every so often, you know, maybe one in four emails can be just about selling because, you know, people appreciate they're on a commercial mailing list. And at the end of the day, hopefully they want to buy what you're selling. So you can almost go too far the other way as well with people. You can find that you're not selling enough and then people don't buy from you because they get out of the habit of thinking that's what they're there for so the art of a good email a marketing email is something that delivers value that people are grateful to receive that they're glad to hear from you but also it reinforces the fact that you are there to sell a product so there's quite a lot to get into your uh, marketing schedule really yeah and um so how often in uh, ideally so you you said it specifically for products you you've got an email you've got an email list at whatever size how often ideally should you be emailing that list and what kind of things do you tell them because I'm assuming it's not just a repetition of the content you're putting on social media necessarily what kind of things um do they want to hear about what sort of what, what should you be should you writing I think um, so. I email once a week. Some people email every day. I think that's terrible. I would never do that, but I'm not going to tell anyone else what to do in that way. Um, I think less than once a month, you might not as well bother because people will forget about you. And like you said earlier, they unsubscribe because they think, oh, what's that? And they just don't want to see it. So, you know, I think I can't remember who said it, but people generally need to see things about seven times before they take action. So if you're turning up every week in their inbo- uh, email inbox, you're on social media with them, you're in Facebook groups, chatting naturally, helping, being there to answer questions, uh, and you're doing other things like PR, which, um, you know, PR can come in lots of forms. Uh, and maybe as you get bigger, you start to do paid for advertising as well, which is a whole other thing. Um you know, you will start to get to the point where people who want, who like what you're offering and want to buy it, they'll be grateful and glad to hear from you in your email. So, you know, depending on who you are, you might get to the point where people are also interested in what you're doing. So um, something that I talk about quite a lot to my audiences is books and what I'm reading, what I'm listening to, because I know that they like that too. So, Um, being able to help people out with useful content Um, perhaps it's a documentary that you've watched on a Netflix that's directly relevant to your audience so um, recently there's been some massive documentaries coming out uh, like the David Attenborough documentary A Life uh, Life on Our Planet you know if you're selling eco products to people then you could talk to your audience about that Um, 
similarly, The Social Dilemma was another massive documentary that came out and has provided a real talking point for a lot of people, particularly people maybe with children who are old enough to be using social media themselves. So that was something as well that has sparked a lot of conversation. So I think it's relevant to talk to your audience about these things and give your spin on it. Um, as an influencer of your audience, you know, go and look at this because it will help you with that. You know, this is really useful at the moment. Um, I think a lot of the time, the, the weekend magazines in things like The Guardian and Observer are so useful because they quite often curate content for us and tell us what we should do. So, you know, there's so much out there. Uh, you're like a, a connector to your audience. You're trying to say to them, I'm a filter for what's good online, you know, or good in the world right now. And I'm going to tell you about all these things. Um, and then they remember you in connection to those good things too. Like you said earlier about, is it okay to share content? It, absolutely, especially when it reinforces your own core values, I think. Um, so yeah, very much emails can be about what you've been doing lately, what's affected you in a positive way. Um, it might be, I know none of us can really do it at the moment, but it might be somewhere that you've been recently, um, maybe to a networking event where you, you heard about a great topic that you'd like to share back with your audience. Um, you know, or it could just be somewhere that you went to relax. You know, wellness is such a great topic as well now. So if you went to a new cafe and you tried a great green tea, you know, you could talk about that. So you should never really run out of things to say. Um, and I think that leads on to having a marketing plan. Um, social media is one part of marketing and, you know, having a good overarching structure for what you're doing is, is another thing that I say to clients that they should really try and have uh, because that way you don't have these problems where you think, oh, I don't know what I should be posting today or, you know, I don't know what I'm doing because you've already got your objectives uh, and your goals to go with them. And social media is just part of that. So in the simplest form, is that about thinking about the kind of content you could share on any given day, week and where you might share it? So I'm thinking a of, marketing plan or yes yeah I'm thinking someone who is just starting out because obviously if you especially if you don't have any marketing experience a um, marketing plan can sound a bit daunting so sort of breaking it to like a simple form is that really about thinking okay these are my goals so I want either I want to I don't know grow my email list or I want to generate this many sales or whatever it is you want to do and then thinking about okay I'm using these channels and this is the content I'm going to post this day this week is in, in its simplest form, is that what that's about? Just being a bit strategic and planning rather than just um, winging it and posting something when you feel like it? Exactly, yes, in its simplest form. It's very, um, it's about getting you organised, absolutely. So, you know, it's about having your goals and then deciding how you're going to achieve them through the communication channels that you have um, and whether or not you need to build up other things. Um, and, you know, I would say planning a marketing plan doesn't have to be something that you have for even a year or longer. You can have it for three months. That's quite a useful period to, to look at. So right now for people, um, I mean, obviously, we're kind of in that position where we're going into the start of the new year. So, um, you know, a marketing plan at the moment for somebody might be, uh, you know, what do I want to um, get done this year? And then what's going to be the big things for January? 
because January and February are massive months, I think, for sales for people because, you know, you've got Christmas out of the way and people are excited for something new. And I think this year, this period more than ever, because, you know, we're all a bit fed up, aren't we, with this coronavirus going on forever and ever. And uh, I think if you're launching something new that you know already people want and are excited about, then thinking where you want to be for January is a great idea right now. Thank you. And so I think it's a good time maybe to, to talk a little bit about, um, so obviously we've spoken about lots of things you can do yourself, but if this sounds all really overwhelming and you do need a bit of help, what kind of things can a professional marketer do for you? Um, I mean, one of the things that I would advise people to start off with, uh, if they're going to, you could do it yourself or you could work with a professional is to audit yourself. So I mean, if you're completely pre-everything, then that's a, a tricky thing. You can't really audit if you're, you know, not established. But um, if you've already got some social media going, if you've already got a website, those kind of things, it's a good idea to have a look at it with an objective pair of eyes and say, am I optimising these tools that I'm using? You know, am I, um, am I generating some good traction here or not? Um, am I using my logo in the same way across all my different channels? You know, um, there's so much you can look into on a brand audit. I mean, one of the easy ones anyone can do is to pull up a Google tab, go into incognito mode and see what comes up on page one for you and just check that because you would be surprised. Um, you want to see what other people would see about you and your company if they were searching for you so that's an easy thing that a professional could do for you or you could do yourself um, along the same lines uh, a marketing plan is something that somebody could do for you so it you know you work together so you work out who's your ideal customer um, and then what should a, a three-month um, program of marketing look like to support your sales um, there's absolutely loads of brilliant social media managers out there depending on the size of your budget, you could have somebody take all of your social media hassles away from you and run that for you every month. Um, so that's another thing, you know, that you can um, have a professional do for you. There's PR professionals as well who will help you to get mentioned in the right places. Um, you know, that's, that's a really good use of your marketing money as well, I would say. So there's quite a lot of things there that you might want to hand over to somebody else. Thank you. And a, a question that I'm sure is on people's minds is, is that expensive? Um, I mean, it all depends on how much money you're making, really, from things. I mean, and also there's always people at different points in their career. So, uh, you know, there's some really great training programs out there like Digital Moms. And um, often there's people who are completing those studies. So maybe you can work with them um for less money than somebody who's fully qualified um you know and i do see quite a sliding scale um for for anything from about 500 pounds a month to have your social media looked after to uh, you know quite a lot more um and that comes down to what you want an expert to do for you when they're online so whether they're just posting for you whether they're writing all your content whether they're researching new audiences um you know, whether they're kind of designing your whole social media strategy as well. So uh, those kind of things, I think there's quite a sliding scale for cost. Okay, thank you. But it does sound like what you're saying is it doesn't necessarily mean that 
um, is, I guess with a lot of things is, I'm sure there are instances of where you get what you pay for, but it does sound like there are ways to get people, to find people to work with that aren't going to be outside of your budget potentially. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I'm just trying to keep an eye on the time and be mindful of um, the time that we've got this morning, Shana. Um, so if somebody um, wants to actually think, so you, you know, actually what I want, I want to give this a go. I'd like to do my own marketing. Um, I know that you've just released your book with 100 marketing tips for small businesses. Um, do you want to just very briefly just tell us a bit about your book and who that might be of interest to and, you know, the kind of things that it helps people with? Absolutely. So, um the reason I wrote my book was because I wrote a blog a couple of years ago called 50 free marketing tips for small business owners. And every time I published it, I got so much good uh, feedback and I started to think this is the kind of thing people want. So busy small business owners were always saying to me, um, I don't have time to do this, this and this, but your tips are great because I can just do them and try something new today. So just to give one from that blog, it was um, make sure you optimize your email signature. So if you're, you've got projects at the moment or events, make sure you include them in there. Simple, quick, anyone can do that. Um, so when I wrote the book, I had that in mind, but I did also want to think about the fact that I think a lot of people think these days that marketing is social media. It isn't just social media. There's quite a lot more to it than that. So what you'll find in my book is eight sections um, from marketing planning through to digital media, um, touching on things like your marketing offer, uh, promotion, people and networking. Um, so there's eight sections so you can kind of work your way through it and read all the tips and do all the tips or um, especially if you're a new business uh, or if you're a more established business it's like a checklist for you you can work through it and think oh yeah I already know that I've done that um, oh but this section is perfect for me so I think there's something there for lots of people um, obviously this year with coronavirus we've got more people than ever uh, who are starting up a new business um, and wanting to have an online business particularly because of all the restrictions that we've got so I would say this book would be perfect for somebody who is literally just walking out the door from a corporate role wants to start a small business because they think that's good for them but they might not even know what that is yet so this book gives you a good introduction to marketing it's non-jargony and um, I think pretty much anyone can understand uh, the way that it's been written. Thank you so much. And yeah, I'm definitely going to be working through the tips in your book because marketing is, is definitely, um, yeah, one of my, I don't, I don't want to say downsides, but one of, a, a thing that I don't particularly enjoy and I'm perhaps not great at. So yeah, I will definitely be working through those tips, Shona. And I'm going to link to the book in the show notes so that everyone can find it really easily. And yeah, I would encourage you all to go and, um, and download the book it's in I should actually say the reason I'm saying download is it's a digital book so you can download it and um start working through it because I think it is a fantastic resource if you're you know you're not ready for any reason to get someone to help you with your marketing just yet there are lots of things in there that you can do yourself and actually I, I think possibly there's something to be said when you first start for doing things yourself as well because it gives you a bit of um you know, it encourages you to think about your brand and your messaging and who you're trying to reach um, when you're at a stage when, when you're still small and you can make all of those decisions. I think it's, it's good to have a sense of who you are and what you're about, especially mm -hmm. in the early days. So thank you so much for your time today, Shane, and for everything you thank shared you. with us. 
Um, as I say, if you pop over to the show notes, link to Shona's book, her website, social media, everything else is on there. So please do go over and follow her. That would be great. And if you have any questions or feedback following this episode, we would love to hear from you as well. So you can get in touch with either of us if there's anything that you'd like to know more about. So again, Shona, thank you so much for your time today and for everything you've shared. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode today. As always, I really hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. I'd love to know what you think. You can email me, vicky at tinychipmunk.com. Don't forget that to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes, you can always subscribe. Thank you so much and looking forward to speaking to you next week. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.